Blog Talk Radio. Hold on, my show's starting and I have a beginning thing. Sounds good. Welcome to the Science of Yes with your hostess, Pam Heath, the Yes Coach. Each week, Pam will speak about the energy of yes and how you can use it to create an extraordinary, prosperous life that you will absolutely love. Pam has spent a lifetime creating and leading transformational programs and is passionate about making abundance available for everyone through the power of yes. Callers are welcome, and we invite you to like Pam's show before leaving the program. So, open your mind and open your heart and be ready to receive what is possible for your friend, the Yes Coach. Good evening, good evening, and welcome to the Science of Yes. I'm your hostess, Pam Heath, and I am the Yes Coach. Every week I'm here on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we examine the energy of yes and how you can leverage your knowledge and beliefs in the power of yes to create an extraordinary, prosperous life by design. I'm a life coach and a business strategist, and what I specialize in is breaking down your emotional barriers that block you from what you're committed to achieving in life. My background is in personal development, team management, and organizational structure, and that's coupled with years of empowering individuals and leading workshops where they can achieve their best results. I spent a lifetime as a legal administrator and operations manager, and I also spent many years studying and learning transformational programs that alter your DNA and actually help you to create the extraordinary life that you dream of by design. I call myself the Yes Coach, and my process I designed is the science of yes. So you could join me here each week, my friends. We are happening here every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I opened my room up to Clubhouse, so if you're on Clubhouse listening to my show, you won't get a recording of it on Clubhouse, but you can talk to me live. Callers are welcome. Questions are welcome. You want to call in to my podcast, The Science of Yes, the phone number to call in is 760-888-5700. That number again is 760-888-5700. So tonight on my show, this week, we're going to be focusing on um, your money mindset. So for those of you who are listening on my podcast, again, if you want to ask a question, feel free to call in at area code 760-888-5700. If you're shy and you don't want to talk to me live and you want to reach out to me offline, you can write me an email at Pam Heath, that's my name, Pam, P-A-M-H-E-A-T-H, Pam Heath, at Yes Coach, the number four the letter U.com. That's Pam Heath at yescoachforyou.com. You can write an email to me and I'll be more than happy to reply. We can set up a time to talk. Anything that you need to help you break through and leverage the energy of yes. So I want to talk a little bit about your money mindset and how you can become financially fit in these very troubling and chaotic times. And whether you're already someone who's an entrepreneur, 
and you currently make money with your own business or you have some kind of side hustle and you have a job. If you are making the pivot to entrepreneurship because of the current climate, a lot of people, you know, their jobs all shut down and they're working from home. And in working from home, you notice that there's some value to working from home. There's some energy there, like, you know, you don't have to get up, you don't have to drive anywhere, you have to maintain the car in a certain way. You, you save on a lot, but it takes something to sit in front of your computer eight hours a day and do your job and be productive and be disciplined enough to get the job done. So if you're just making that change right now, if you're just currently looking to see how can I make money from home, how can I earn a living in front of my computer, how do I turn some ideal I have or some product I have access to or some service that I provide into a money-generating business? Well, it's going to require some kind of investment on your part, whether you're investing in you know, resources or whether you're investing in training. Somebody to teach you the work, somebody to teach you how to go about it, someone to let you know how it's done. You're going to need some money. Too often would-be business owners actually allow their limiting beliefs around money create obstacles in front of whatever it is that they're trying to create. So I want to talk a little bit about that. These kinds of things are in my book. I wrote my book, uh, Say Yes, Seven Steps to the Life of Your Dream, out of a desire to contribute to people what I had to work my way through in order to become a successful and effective entrepreneur and to make the kind of money that's available when you are focusing on your financial fitness. So are you ready to take that on? Because I have some some coaching for you. I'm here on my podcast, The Science of Yes. I also have opened it up to Clubhouse. I have here in the studio with me my good friend, Alexi, and I'm, I want to invite Alexi. We're going to have a conversation now about your money mindset. So if you have anything you want to contribute or something you want to speak to as I go along, you're welcome to flash your mic and let me know, and I'll, and I'll let you step in. I appreciate your being here. I think this is the first time you've sat in on one of my podcasts, and it's really cool because you're actually here um, via Clubhouse. So, again, if you have something you want to contribute to this conversation we're about to go into about your money mindset, flash your mic, and I'll let you take the floor. Okay, so um, I'm going to talk first about being financially fit. You know, when you talk about uh, fitness, you have this, this picture of being physically fit exercising, eating well, taking care of your body. And there's also this concept of financial fitness. And what that looks like, what that means in general, is that you have the money you need when you need it. It includes saving for your retirement, having some kind of plan in place for the future, and having the proper tax strategy. You have a budget and you live by it. And that ties into the whole conversation about saving regularly. And being mindful of where your money goes, so that it helps you make wiser choices in life. And just like you focus on your physical fitness, you can bolster your financial fitness by working daily with focus and intention on what your finances are up to, what you're doing, how you're doing it. And if you're not financially fit, which many people aren't, there's nothing to be embarrassed about or ashamed about or, you know, you know hush up secret secret about. If you're not financially fit, it's very easy to go from zero to financially fit in a minimum of 90 days. I'm, I'm serious as a heart attack. No how, matter how messed up you are, 
you can go from zero to financially fit in 90 days. And it starts with you creating a viable budget to live by and try not to deviate from. So part of your action plan then will be to determine your monthly net income. That's the first step for you to create your budget to live by, to identify the total amount of money that you have coming in after taxes. And remembering that you you have to keep, you know, track of what the taxes that come out of your money so you are operating from your your net, not necessarily your gross, and any deductions that come out of that automatically so that you can create your budget, like automatically meaning your your mortgage or your rent. That's not something you can deviate from. Your your take-home pay has to go towards your rent and your groceries and your car note and your gas and your insurance, no matter what. I don't care if you're a freelancer or you're someone who has a nine-to-five and you punch a time clock. There are certain things that are just um, realistic when you project what you're spending. The second tip that I have for you, for those of you who are working on your money mindset and becoming financially fit, is that you're going to need to start looking and downloading, looking at your credit card and your debit card and your bank statements. And some of you, you don't, you never look at your bank statements. You don't, you don't look at your credit card statements. You, you use a credit card and then you look to see how much you owe when you pay it. And it's a good place to start by downloading those statements and actually going through them item by item and categorizing your monthly expenditures, looking to see how much goes to, you know, home maintenance and how much goes to, you know, um, business expenses if you have a business currently and you're paying for, you know, monthly dues to a certain um, club or monthly dues to a certain you know, subscription and it's all business related. Have it broken down in those categories. If you do this, you know, this will be helpful for your, your um, accountant or your bookkeeper who does your taxes for you to have all that set up ahead of time. And if you're on some kind of program like QuickBooks or Quicken or something that, that monetizes and manages your finances, you can set up those categories and have those expensive, expenses um, set up for you and turn that over to your bookkeeper or your accountant, you know, when it's tax time and their job is so much more easier. And after you do that, my coaching to you is to take a, a, a inventory of all your spending. You know, you can create a master list if you like. You can use pen or paper. They even have um, apps that you can put on your phone that will do that for you. There's one called Truebill, T-R-U-E-B-I-L-L, Truebill or Acorns, A-C-O-R-N-S. Those are two apps. That'll do that for you, that you can utilize to create a, a master list of all your spending so that you can put them in different categories. Whatever you spend your money on, you know, the whole point is to get conscious about how you spend your money, to actually know where your money is going, why it's going there, so that you can have a full, you know, understanding of and management of your spending. Then after you've created this list of spending, okay, you also want to create a master list of expenses that some of them are mandatory. Like I mentioned before, your car note, your insurance, your rent or mortgage. Some of them are not mandatory. They're, they're situated such that you could actually take a look and see if you can eliminate it. You know, like, for instance, if you're subscribing to um, – Netflix and Amazon Prime and, you know, Disney Plus and, 
you know, all these other different TV streaming services. How many of them do you actually watch? Are you really watching all of those streaming services? Is there a bundle that you can purchase? Do you have cable and the streaming services? Do you know that if you have cable, they give you the streaming for free? You don't have to purchase it. If you have cable and you have HBO, you don't need to pay for HBO Max. There's things that you need to be aware of. Call your credit card company and credit institution and see if you can negotiate a better or lower interest rate. You don't know unless you ask, and you'd be surprised how many of them will look at your spending habits, will look at your, your credit and say, well, you know what? We can take that down 2%. Check it out. Be active and aggressive. That's how you get financially fit. Once you've done that, you've created a master list of all your income, a master list of all your expenses, and a master list of all your debt. Then you just need to sit down and create your budget. This is how much money is coming in. This is how much money is going out that's mandatory. This is what I'm going to eliminate. And you'll know then what you can live off. Your budget, I'm budgeted for this much for mandatory expenses. I'm budgeted this month for, you know, not mandatory, like, you know, um, entertainment, eating out. You can budget for that stuff. Sites like Nerd Wallet, they offer free budgeting worksheets and formulas so you can have goal setting and budgeting a breeze. And what I like to do is I like to reward myself when I stick to my budget. So I have a monthly budget. At the end of the month, I sit down and I look to see if I stayed within my budget. If I did, then I do something nice for myself. It's like a, um, an opportunity to get a massage, go to a movie, do something that it's fun to do. It might cost a little money, but you earned it because you stayed in your budget. You know, now some people might not, that not might not, you know, be a uh, something that they are excited about. But for me, it's a reward for when I've been a good girl. So for those of you listening for the first time, I am Pam Heath and I am the Yes Coach. And I'm here to support you in having the life you love um, by design. Uh, I'm here every week on Thursdays, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm on my podcast, The Science of Yes. I've also opened the room up to Clubhouse. We, um, we talk every week about the energy of yes. From a positive mindset, we start to manage our life and what we're up to in life. And I invite you to call in if you're on the podcast right now, ask questions. We're having a conversation about your money mindset and getting financially fit. The number to call in is 760-888-5700. Again, that number is 760-5700. I'm going to go on um, with the conversation we're having today on your money mindset. I actually am now going to talk a little bit about the checklist for being financially fit. Now, this is something that um, I coach people in a lot. You know, what does it take? Because the, most of the people, like right now, one of my coaching duties, as far as my clients go, is I've been coaching them to apply for and receive um, the disaster relief money that's been set aside for small businesses, the PPP loan, the EIDL loans, and the different grants that are available. I help them, support them in filling out the application paperwork. One of the things that, you know, I encourage them to do when they get the money is to help themselves 
get financially fit, to get the foundation for their their businesses set so that they are not struck so hard in the future when something like the coronavirus pandemic hits, they're not knocked off their pedestal, that they have the ability to survive because they're financially fit. So this is the checklist for being financially fit. You have a budget and you live by it. This ties in with saving regularly. So you, you want to make sure that you're taking at least, you know, um, a portion of your money and putting it aside and not touching it. You act like it's not there. It's there for a rainy day. Like it's there to support you and have you succeed and be effective in life so that when emergencies come up or unexpected things come up, they're not obstacles for what you're creating for your life and for your business. So saving regularly can look like having the willingness and the discipline to, to, you know, put money in a savings account and not touch it. A good place to start is to take 10% of your net income every time you get paid and put it in your savings account. And you don't go back there and get it if you run into problems. You actually pretend it's not there. The other thing you want to take a look at, especially if you're self-employed, is income protection. What will you do? If you become disabled during your working years or in retirement, and will you have enough to cover your expenses if you can't work? You want to think about that. There's different insurance policies that you can buy that will cover you, especially if you're self-employed. If something happens and you cannot work, there is insurance that you can purchase and pay on that will hey, that will help you, pardon me, Keep yourself covered. Keep your bills going. Keep you in your home eating food on your table without you having to be afraid that it's going to go away because you cannot work. Retirement planning is also part of it, okay? How are you going to exist when you cannot work? You've gotten to the age where you're retired and cannot work. How much will you need year after year after you retire? If you have children or grandchildren, do you want to leave them any money or assets? Is there any legacy you want to leave behind? Is your house paid for? Will it be paid for when you retire? Looking to protect your retirement is also part of what you want to be thinking about because then you're financially fit. If you're taking care of business now, if you're taking care of business in the future, you're financially fit. And you also need to have some kind of life insurance policy that manages temporary needs. Like, for instance, if you break your leg and you're, you're, you know, tied to your bed and you just need some temporary help, they have insurance programs for that. You should have your will. You know, if you haven't created a will, then you should create your will. There's nothing more trying for a family who's grieving than have to deal with someone who dies without a will. And if they have assets, it can be a nightmare, you know. So living inside a conversation called managing your income is being financially fit. And you should have a team of advisors that are helping you be financially fit. And, you know, the the people who should be on your team are you should definitely have a tax advisor or a CPA that not just does your taxes, but gives you advice about how to run your business, how to be in life so that your taxes are going to be most beneficial for you in terms of what you pay and what, you know, deductions you receive. 
you should also have some kind of legal advice. You don't have to have a lawyer on retainer because that would be very expensive, but you should have a lawyer that you go to for advice, for estate planning, for real estate advice, meaning you're about to buy property and you have all these contracts and you should have a lawyer who can read them for you and break it down in, you know, ordinary terms so that you understand what you're getting into. Any kind of contract that you are about to sign as an entrepreneur, a business contract should be reviewed by your attorney. And you, again, you don't need to have an attorney on retainer, but you should have a attorney that you go to, that you know, try, like, and trust, that can, you can go to for advice around business you know, contracts, any kind of planning for your future. You should be able to go to some kind of legal advisor to help you with that. You also need an investment advisor, some kind of um, financial planner who gives you advice, not just holds on to your portfolio um, that contains your assets, but actually advises you and teaches you about what there is to do around investing your money. I have um, an incredible advisor. His name is Phil Town. He wrote a book called Rule Number One. And rule number one is the most incredible um, process of investment. If you don't know of Phil Towner, if you haven't read his book, then get the hints to Amazon. It's called Rule Number One by Phil Town. Town is with an E, T-O-W-N-E. That is my recommendation. I can't recommend him higher with regard to learning about the whole conversation for investing your money on the stock market. Um, you should have some kind of insurance agent, an insurance advisor, to talk to you who has an experience with a wide variety of, of products and insurance, who can draft and design plans for you for different scenarios. So right now you're where you're at. Right now you've got what you've got, but you have visions, you have plans for where you're going. And he should be able, he or she, should be able to tell you what insurance plans best fit the lifestyle that you're striving for, as well as managing whatever your lifestyle is now. That insurance advisor should be somebody who's fast and knowledgeable about a variety of different insurance products, property and casualty, whole life, the whole nine yards. They should be aware if your insurance agent, if you have one, isn't, you know, fast on all those different modalities, you know, I can refer you one that is. And then the next person on this team of your advisors who are going to create your financial fitness is you. You are the master planner. You are the implementation person. You are the person who's going to put everything into motion. And if you're not the person, then I'm, you know, recommending that you become the person. You should be looking at your bank statements. You should be looking at your credit card statements. You should be sitting down with your advisors. They should be advising you. They should not be doing it for you. So many people who come into money hire people to take care of their money, and then they absconce with it because they're not in control of it. You don't want to put yourself in the position where somebody else is managing your money and becoming responsible for your money, and then suddenly one day you find out that they've taken your money because you weren't willing to be the chief implementer. You are the implementation master when it comes to your money. If you can manage your money mindset so that you understand that the best practices that are available are the practices where you're in charge, then you will be financially fit in no time. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about um, 
your money mindset practices. And it's critical that you wrap your mind around the limitations and the beliefs that might be stopping you from embracing abundance and prosperity that you're open to receive any amount of money. Because once you open your mindset, once you allow money to flow to you, you will notice that there is a different energy that has money flow. There's a different energy when you're not used by a conversation called, I can't have. You can have anything you want. So inside of the money mindset practices, you want to be honest with yourself and admit that whatever it is you're doing hasn't been working and it's time to try something new. You want to understand your relationship with money. It's based on your experiences and your environment, how you were raised and where you now live. So you want to write yourself a sort of financial autobiography. Write it down. You can type it on the computer if that works for you. I'm a big believer in writing, though. When you write longhand, it comes flowing from your brain to the pen. And you want to track what you've come to believe about money. This is your money story, and you want to write your money story. Is your money story the experience you want to have with money? Because if it's not, when you finish writing your money story, write a new one and have that money story based on the future you're creating for your relationship with money and not on the past. The other thing I'm going to say, I say this to people a lot because I was raised this way, but I noticed that some people don't have this conversation about money. So I'm going to teach it to you now because I'm the yes coach. Have respect for money. Best ways that you can transform your relationship to money it's to distinguish what it means to you and how you relate to it. I see people all the time, you know, they, they have money in their hand and they crumple it up and throw it in their purse or their wallet. And their purse is, is a black hole, you know, there's old receipts and coupons and, and all kind of craziness in there. Their purse is out of control. It's a jungle in there. And, you know, the wallet is full of all kind of crap, old driver's licenses and, and, you know, old lottery tickets, and you shove your money in between a, a freaking mess, okay? Have respect for your money. If you had this incredible, wonderful person coming to visit you at your home, you would clean up to make sure that when they arrived, they had the best experience possible in your home. You would not leave your bed unmade. You would not leave crud and smudge on the floor. You would clean it up because this really incredible person is on their way here. We'll have the same respect for your money. Put your money in a clean, organized wallet. Clean out your purse. Dump all that crap on the kitchen table and sort through it, what belongs in your purse, what belongs in the trash, and what needs to be put away. And then put your wallet in your purse. Don't put your money in an environment of mess and chaos. Put your money in a clean effective, efficient environment, and it will generate for you the same. Have your relationship with money be inside power, not chaos. A lot of people, they equate money with survival, and that pulls out our most primitive emotions. The truth is money is a means of exchange. We use the word currency as a synonym for money, which is appropriate because money is an energy that flows. The more you create the conditions 
for the energy flow of money, the more ease you have in bringing money into your life. Take that on. Manage your fear around money. Given that money is energy and your emotions are also energy, you have to manage your feelings so that you're creating the energetic field that is conductive to financial flow. Money flows. Fear, anxiety, stress, worry, these are all emotions in the lower spectrum of energy. Generating these emotions makes it harder to have money flow into your life. Make note of every victory you accomplish around money. Make note of it so that you can own it and establish gratitude around it and show appreciation. Don't want to live your life inside of taking money for granted. Generate confidence around money. You want to have a positive emotional incentive when you start accomplishing your financial fitness goals. So you don't want to have self-doubt or fear showing up inside that. That'd be like going to the gym and being scared of the equipment. That would be silly, right? Keep the income flowing in. You know, flow. Remember, money flows. Energy flows. It's like a river. It's not something that, that, you know, comes and goes choppy. When you want money to flow, you have to flow. You have to value yourself and align your emotions with the flow of money. If you take this on, as I'm distinguishing it, you'll notice that money flows easier. But when you generate low-level energy around money, it's a block. It's an obstacle. It's a wall against the flow of money. I want to share with you my story around money and how this worked for me. Just a few years ago, I was drowning in debt and side hustling like nobody's business to make ends meet. I mean, literally, I was working three jobs. So now I'm building a comfortable financial safety net so I can do what I want to do, live how I want to live, and be debt-free. As a a person who coaches entrepreneurs, I got to turn my hard-earned battles into information to help my clients become financially fit and debt-free. So you get to learn from my mistakes. You don't have to go to the jungle. I already took a machete to that jungle, and I can show you the path. I can show you the way. How did I do it? You know, I started with my mindset. I always had a mindset that I always we broke. Money just didn't seem to, to, you know, stick with me. It was like I had a hole in my purse. I never had enough. I lived paycheck to paycheck. There's no such thing as retirement. All I could think about was I would have to work hard the rest of my life. Those were the kind of conversations that I was entertaining. And in order for me to turn that around, I had to be willing to choose something else, to choose to be financially fit, to actually look to see what does that look like. What does it look like to be financially fit? What does it look like to you know, align myself so that money flowed? And part of it had to get myself legit. And when I say legit, it's like I actually had to start paying my taxes. I actually had to start being somebody who um, followed the rules 
because I kind of liked being an outlaw who didn't file taxes and didn't do what I was supposed to do, who took money under the table, you know, who didn't have a business bank account, all of that stuff. I had to change my money mindset by getting myself cleared up and cleaned up so that I was financially fit enough to be legit. And then I started acting on the belief that I would find the resources and the information, the people who could help me achieve my my goals and my dreams in life and live the financial life I wanted. I'm not sharing this to brag and to go on and on about how money is easy to get and I've got lots of it and don't you wish you had it. That's not my intention here. My intention here is to share my life as proof that if you can, you know, if I can shift my attitude towards money, if I can take the steps to follow through and change my money habits and my money mindset and completely change my financial fitness in life, you can too. If I can do it, anybody can. That's why I'm sharing this with you. It sounds deceptively simple. Changing this decades-long, deeply ingrained attitudes and beliefs about money, you know, but it doesn't happen on a dime. It takes practice. Sometimes you really do have to fake it till you make it. Changing or breaking old habits, it takes daily practice. Though you may have heard it said, I know I certainly have heard this, that you can change any habit in 30 days. In truth, it takes consistent practice and commitment over time to transform any way of living your life. I don't care what it is. It takes time. It's not going to go away in 30 days, especially subconscious thoughts. If you've got a pattern of thinking, it's not going to go away in 30 days. You want to try on that, you know, um, I'm a big believer in affirmations. So if you have abundant affirmations, then um, it's useful to say them out loud. I have a morning ritual. In that ritual, I get up and I say affirmations out loud for 15 minutes every morning. I used to do this on a phone call where other people joined me. That ended a few years ago. But it's in my book. I have a whole chapter on affirmations that I use that work for me. And um, later on in the broadcast, I'm going to share a little excerpt from my book, Say Yes, Seven Steps to the Life of Your Dream, um, around affirmations and around um, creating abundance. But for right now, I'm going to share with you just a few money affirmations that attract financial abundance. I use them. I picked, um, I picked some of my favorite to share with you on this broadcast tonight because when I told myself when I was prepping, you know, what am I going to talk about tonight? Because every week I talk about the energy of yes. Inside of money mindset, affirmations are are incredible way to generate yourself out of limiting um, beliefs around money. So um, if you're deeply committed to changing your money mindset, listen to these affirmations. I'm going to say them to you, but they're in my book. You can purchase it and get them from there. And you can also uh, download and listen to this broadcast over and over again. Um, here are some money affirmations that you can use. Say them out loud to yourself. You can be at home, in the bathroom, in front of the mirror. You can be in your bed, sitting up. You know, I don't recommend you do affirmations laying down. You definitely need to sit up. Or in your car, as you're driving along, you can do affirmations. You know, you can do them as you're falling asleep in the evening, or you can do them when you just wake up in the morning, but do them out loud. I experience wealth as a key part of my life. Very powerful affirmation. 
I can overcome any money obstacles that stand in my way. I can conquer my money goals. Today, I commit to living my financial dreams. Easy and natural for me to be prosperous and successful. My life is filled with health and wealth. Abundance is coming. I deserve it and accept it. I accept and receive. It's my favorite one. I accept and receive unaccepted money. I accept and receive unexpected prosperity. I have more than enough money. I have more than enough money. I deserve to make more money. I am always discovering new sources of income. I am always discovering new sources of income. Money comes my way in both expected and unexpected ways. It's very important, that one, that you be willing to receive money wherever it comes from, that you're not just wanting money to come how you know it comes. Money comes my way in both expected and unexpected ways. I am open to receiving all wealth life brings to me. Yeah? I am open to receiving all wealth life brings to me. I'm getting out of my own way when it comes to money. I'm getting out of my own way when it comes to money. Now, those, I just grabbed a few. Like I said, there's a whole chapter in my book on money affirmations, and there are a lot more. I just pulled some. Some of them are my favorite. You know, um, what you're creating is a conversation for your subconscious mind to create a loop around, and you'd be surprised how much your subconscious mind controls what goes in and what goes out. So, again, this is Pam Heath. I am the Yes Coach. This is my show, The Science of Yes. Tonight we're talking about your money mindset, and um, we are here every week, Thursdays at 8 p.m. PDT. And I am open also on Clubhouse. Tonight we have a very, very special person in the on the stage with us. His name is Alexi. He's a very good friend of mine. He's a very, very wonderful, extraordinary coach. He is what he calls a super connector. And again, you know, Alexi, you're here. You might not even, you know, be available to talk. But if you want to talk, just flash your mic. Oh, right on, please, Alexi, step up. So I would love to add to the conversation, and this is something cost me a lot of money, heartache, energy, and whatever else um, it cost me is probably on the list. But the fact is that I think it's so important to have the concept of self-image and self-love to be part of the conversation. I've lost a lot of money and make there a lot of mistakes because my self-image was not allowing me to be a person that was able to make money easy. 
or that was deserving of, you know, keeping certain amount of money. You know, for a long time in my life, when I was earlier in my younger years, I would get to a certain level of wealth, and then I would self-sabotage without even realizing it and lose a lot of it. The back up again, and I think that has a lot to do with our self-image and our self-love. I think you're right. It's really important what what you're bringing up, Alexi, because it truly is a function of how you relate to yourself. Like you know, I know that a lot of people. I get this a lot. They think that if you are desirous of money, you're money grubbing and you're bad and it's a sin and so on and so forth. And and it's not true. It's not true. You can actually listen for your love for yourself as accepting money for your value, that you're worthy, that you are somebody who deserves money. These are things that, that collide to create you not having enough because you're blocking. Like I said, the energy of money flows. So if you've got a dam built up, it's not going to flow to you. So I think what you're saying is critical, and I'm glad that you added that piece. You, it's very important, your self-image and your, how you feel about money and about yourself receiving money is critical. Your subconscious is running the show. So thank you. You know, Is there anything else you want to add? No, I definitely wanted to also add the concept of, and maybe this is a little woo-woo, but the concept of manifesting money in your life. The, the truth is, is that you can manifest all you want unless you're willing to receive it. It won't happen. And, and the other aspect when it comes to manifestation is that you really have to be very clear, right? One of the things that I always talk to my clients about, the problem is not there that their manifestation skills are not very good. It's the fact that they focus on the wrong things, right? If you want, you know, additional income or finances to come in your life, stop thinking or stop saying, I want less bills because the universe doesn't understand less bills. It just hears bills and gives you more of them. So I think that's an important thing to address as well. Okay. You're right. It is important. You know, you're, you're bringing up some really great, Points. The whole conversation for manifestation is critical. As a matter of fact, one of the things I was going to do tonight was read an excerpt from my book um, around that. It's, it, it's a critical that, um, you know, when you're using manifestation um, techniques, like with the law of attraction, it's very important, and most people don't get this about, you know, the law of attraction or the secret, you know, Hold on one second. Well, one of the things that I can add to the conversation while you're taking care of um, that necessary task is that when it comes to manifestation, one of the things that most people don't realize that it takes clarity, consistency, and frequency. If you just are missing at least one of those, whatever you're manifesting, either A, will take a lot longer, or B, just won't happen. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that I was going to add 
is that what people forget is that you have to take positive action toward this thing. Like, in other words, you can't, it's not enough to, to manifest and say you're manifesting something, but you're not acting like it, like it's coming. You say you want a new girlfriend and your house is a mess. You know and I know that if you are going on a date, the first thing you're going to do is clean your house. You know, but you don't want the place to be a mess if you bring her over for um, a cocktail or or something. You don't want her to walk into this freaking mess. So why is it a mess now if she's coming? You're not operating like the thing you're manifesting is actually going to happen. Your actions have to be correlate to the thing that you're manifesting. You have to be getting the nursery ready for the baby. You don't do that, then the, there's this subconscious belief that you're entertaining that it's not really going to happen. You don't really believe it's going to take place. If you truly believe that this thing that you're manifesting is going to come to pass, you'd be getting ready for it. And that's part of manifestation, I say, is that your actions are correlate to you having that thing. Definitely completely agree with that statement. And, and I, one of the ways that I talk to my clients about, you know, the same concept is I believe in concept of, you know, co-creation, right? Having the universe, God, whatever you believe in, support you in helping you receive what you ask for and then moving towards that your, yourself and, and really creating the momentum that action that brings in the manifestation into your life. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. And so part of that also, too, is um, you're unknowingly creating constant negative affirmations. Keep, you know, abundance and prosperity out of your reach. And examples of scarcity or Poverty thinking, things like, I never seem to have enough money. Or for me, money goes out faster than it comes in. The universe responds to what you believe about yourself and your life. So you need to release, dismiss, and delete all negative conversations you have around money. And then create, implement, and express new conversations to fill that void. And one thing I talk about in my book that I want to mention here now, some people think that they'll solve all their financial problems if they could win the lottery or if somebody, you know, they would inherit money from some long lost relative who would, you know, pass that on to them. And it's not wrong to have those kind of fantasies. As a matter of fact, you know, if you want to buy an occasional lottery ticket for fun, please feel free to do that. But don't put a lot of energy and attention on acquiring money in that way, because believe it or not, that's also scarcity thinking. That's poverty thinking, the belief that you can't have abundance in your life or be prosperous unless it comes from some fluke chance or windfall, that you yourself are not worthy of just getting paid your worth. Money out of the blue like that won't bring everlasting wealth to you in the long run. And as far as winning the lottery, by the way, did you know that there are 12-step programs for lottery winners? They, they find that they have to deal with the psychological impact of winning vast amounts of money and then mostly losing that windfall, either by spending it all or losing it all or, or having to go back to an ordinary existence when it's gone, and they have a hard time doing that because 
it was just so intoxicating. They don't know how to live their life once the money's gone. And statistics show that within two years, most lottery winners have lost almost all their money that they won, including tangible things that they bought with the money. And they're often, often worse off financially than they were before they won the money. See, acquiring money in this way, it rarely solves the fundamental problem with money that people have. Why? Because there is no transformation in their behavior and no alteration in consciousness and how they deal with money. So when you get it, you don't treat it any differently and your scarcity or poverty thinking rules. And then your cash becomes scarce again. And you're doing it with your mindset. So when you want to transform your relationship to money, you have to change your consciousness and your thinking to be open to receive the abundance of the universe. It's your birthright. Just allow it to flow through your experience. And you can have all the things you believe the lottery could bring you. And you would hold on to them, for they would be yours by right of creation and consciousness. By affirming, declaring, and then deserving your abundance birthright, these are the steps to creating riches for yourself. And if you take that on, you'll have much more than winning the lottery could ever achieve for you. Wouldn't you say? I definitely completely agree uh, with that statement. And one of the things that I, I truly believe, and, I, and my clients will tell you every time, I believe that words have power. And one of the things that you mentioned earlier that I don't quite agree with, and you'll understand why I say that, don't fake it till you make it. Act like you belong, right? Feel that feeling. Know that you are receiving whatever you're manifesting, whether it's money, success, or maybe even relationships, and walk in the destination of that aspect manifesting in your life. Mm-hmm. I can get that. And oftentimes, you know, um, when I tell people, fake it till you make it, it's really inside of a conversation called take it on. Even if you don't believe it yet, you will believe it when you start taking the action. Because for a lot of people, they won't take action until they believe. So it's a leap of faith. So I could, said, I could say it that way, take a leap of faith. Because the bottom line is don't wait until you're completely enrolled, until you completely understand, you completely believe. Take it on. It's not that difficult. It's actually very simple. Instead of saying this, say that. Instead of doing this, do that. It really is a function of just go for it. Don't wait until you believe. Because belief is not necessary in the beginning. You will believe. When when you're manifesting abundance, you will believe. But if you wait until you believe, it's harder. Go ahead. One of the things that I've learned, you know, working with very wealthy people with very wealthy mindsets is that to them, when they look at an opportunity, as long as it's at least 50% to 70% a possibility of yes, they just say yes and figure it out after the fact. Because once the opportunity is 100%, there is no longer an opportunity. It just is. Oh, I never thought of it that way. You're right. That's the whole function of an opportunity. 
is that when it presents itself, it's an opportunity, but once you take it on, it just is. So if you decline, if you're a no, it's not an opportunity anymore. It's just what not is. Very good. That's wild. So, you know, the the conversation about your money mindset and becoming financially fit is a conversation that's very much given by who you design yourself to be. Inside inside the energy of yes, anything's possible. So I you know, I'm known for my coaching and, and for my relationship with people that I can hear anything and say yes to it. There's a way you can make it happen. I don't care what it is. I had a friend who wanted to be a model and she was in her late 30s and she wanted to be a model. She always had, but for whatever reason, she didn't take it on when she was a teenager. And there are a lot of companies that need models who are, you know, you know, um, full figured or over a certain age because every age bracket has stuff that they're trying to sell. So you can take on being a print or you know, a uh, a model who who is focused on for its particular community, and that's what she did. And she ended up at her, you know, just before her 40th birthday, getting, you know, um, contracted to be a model. And she took it on because she saw it was possible. Anything is possible if you take it on and operate from a mindset that has it, you know, be possible for you, you can make it happen. What's What's wanted is, you know, like they say, where there's a will, there's a way. What's wanted is your commitment in the matter and your willingness to do whatever it takes. So that is the the philosophy of the science of yes. You know, the science of yes is about you leaning into what it takes for you to have whatever it is that you say you want in life. Say yes. Be a yes, and you will see that life will start to turn out for you. When I interact with people all the time, whether it's here on my podcast or whether it's in person in consultation calls with people who are looking to hire me, I notice that there are people who are unwilling to believe that they can have anything they want, that they find themselves arguing with me for the, what's the word? to be right that they can't have what they want, which is weird to me. Why would you argue for not having what you want in life? Well, because, you know, this, because that, you know, when I was a kid, my parents, blah, when I was young, this happened and I can't have that. And it's interesting to me that you could argue for days about what you cannot do or cannot have but you won't take a stand for what you want and what you can have. And that's all you have to do, I say. That's all you have to do is take a stand. I'm committed to this. I'm committed to that. I want this. I want that. What if you were living your life every day? What if every day of your life you were living like, you know, the genie from Aladdin was granting you three wishes that day? What would you wish for that day? Like for real. What would it be like for you if you had a genie who was granting you three wishes every day? You know, well, guess what? That genie is the universe, and the universe grants wishes every day, every freaking day, all day, every day. If you don't believe me, test my theory. Test it. 
ask for something, ask the universe for something, say, here's the, the thing, the universe is listening. You, and I like to speak out loud to the universe because I don't want to risk the fact that it may not be able to read my mind. So I speak out loud to the universe, and I encourage you to do the same. But you can ask the universe to provide you with something. Ask for it. And then ask the universe to give you a sign that it hears you. If you hear me, show me a yellow butterfly. If you hear and are listening to me, show me a yellow butterfly, and then I'll know you're listening. Test it. Try it on. And when I say show me a yellow butterfly, fill in the blank. Fill in the blank for whatever you want to see. You want the universe to demonstrate it's listening. I promise you, you'll see it. Come back next week and tell me if you don't. This is Pam Heath. This is the science of yes. We're coming to an end of the show. I just want to thank you for listening. Many of my followers listen and um, they write to me and tell me they enjoy the show. This was a very powerful show. I hope that it makes a difference for you and that you listen to you know, the, the tips and hints that Alexi and I were giving forth tonight. This is a very profound way to take on accepting the energy flow of money. I am Pam Heath at yescoachforyou.com. If you want to write to me, you can go to my website, which is yescoachforyou.com. You can show up here every week on Thursdays and listen in. You can listen in on Clubhouse, or you can actually go to my podcast online. If there's anything that you need or want, don't hesitate to reach out because I am here for you. Thank you for being here. And um, I want to thank Alexi for hanging out with me. We were in the earlier room on Clubhouse, and he just slipped into my room. And it was really awesome having you here. Alexi, thank you for being here. We are coming to a close. Is there anything you want to say to my listeners before we shut this boat down? Well, it's definitely uh, been my pleasure to get a chance to uh, connect and, and add to the conversation. And I think one thing that you really have to think about is that the dreams are possible. You just have to have one and believe in one, and yours will come true. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for being here. I appreciate your joining me on my show. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>